then ask Pastor Rogers if he'd wheel that whiteboard over. Sometimes we can be strong in instruction when it comes to prayer, but weak in implementation of how do we pray. And one of the ways that will warm your heart in prayer is just to worship him. Just to spend time thanking him. Just to spend time being with him. When's the last time you said, God, I'm not really asking you for anything. I just want to be with you. I just want to spend some time with you. I want to talk about you and, and uh, just worship him. And you can, as we did right here, uh, you can think of different attributes. You can take the scriptures. The scriptures are a great prayer book. And uh, take the Bible, take some passages, like maybe Psalm 8 or Psalm 93. Uh, I think First Chronicles 29, I've been using that a bit. Uh, Thine, O Lord, is the, is the power and the greatness and, and all of that. You can take that directly to the Lord in prayer, and it will warm your heart towards praying. Because there are times that we don't feel like praying. <laughs> there are times I definitely don't feel like praying. And uh, you just spend time thanking God, and that will warm your heart towards prayer. And uh, really, that's, worship is really the key of it to it all. Uh, it's, it's the greatest commandment of all. Thou shalt love the Lord our God with all thy heart, with all thy soul with all thy strength, with all thy might. That's what it's about. That's the greatest commandment. Everything else flows from that. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, it ought to flow out of devotion, not just duty. But, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm thinking over that time we just had, and I encourage you to take that uh, to your quiet time and uh, spend some time uh, in the Scriptures. Find some verses that warm your heart and take them to the Lord in prayer. And uh, you can take a hymnal. Don't steal one from here. Uh, but you can take a hymnal. Not even one from your church, but you know, your pastor can help you get one. And, and God doesn't care whether you're on key or off key, whether you can sing or can't sing. You can take those songs and sing them to the Lord. Uh, and, and just you know, worship him through that. But it, oh, how it will warm your heart and praying. And uh, so I'd encourage you with that. Well, the other thing, uh, the next round that we're going to do is, uh, you know, I... I grew up in a Christian home. I went to Christian school all my life. I, uh, I'm so thankful for the, the privilege that I've had uh, to be in church. And, of course, God called me to preach. And yet, I stand before you in a suit and tie. And, you know, all my clothes are pressed and things. And, and I feel somewhat sharp here today. Uh, but yet, we can come here to this meeting and feel sharp physically. Uh, but yet, uh, inwardly, uh, there's some dirt there. There's some sin. There's some some things that are, you're holding on to right now. I mean, there's times, even this year, that I've come to services with my heart not being right with God. Even this year. And God's had to convict my heart about it. Again, you know, speak to my heart about it. Uh, we, uh, of course, before you guys came, we were cleaning and had a big dumpster and cleaning different areas in the church. And, and uh, you just don't realize how, you know, you, how dirty things get when they're neglected. <laughs> And we're thinking, man, I can't believe we let it go this dirty. And, oh, how we need to get it cleaned up. And, you know, you've come in here, and, and I, I'd imagine many of us, I mean, just with the way the world, the flesh, and the devil are, many of us, we're dirty right now. But God doesn't want us to stay that way. I don't want to come into this meeting. Now, as best I know, I'm right with the Lord, but the Lord can search and do the things he wants to do, even as we have this next round. But but, uh, uh, you know, you, you come into this meeting, God doesn't want to just, just keep you where you're at. I, I'm praying that God will, will, uh, will change me, will do some reviving in me, that I will leave different than when I came in. And I pray the same for you. And so even as we are Christian men, 
we are some of the, uh, I guess, finest men in California and Oregon and Nevada and one from Arizona. And, uh, you know, you, you think, okay, we're here at a men's meeting. We've taken time out. Like some of you, you've taken the day off. You've taken two days off. I mean, you have made it a big priority to be here. It's, it's taken a lot of effort for you to get here. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, but God wants to speak to our hearts. And we need to get right and get clean before him. And so what are some things, what are some sins that we as Christian men bring into this meeting even right now? What's something that we bring into this meeting, a sin that we bring into this meeting? Yes. Unbelief. Is there something specific you think of with unbelief? Not believing that God can do what he wants to do. What he can do, even. Selling them short. Sometimes when I'm in revival meetings, and maybe the church, I can definitely tell, needs a revival. And uh, we, uh, you know, and, I, and sometimes I, I think to myself uh, that I'm a, a, a ther- thermometer, but I'm not a thermometer. God's calling to be a thermostat to set the temperature. And, and then I, I look into this church, and maybe it's just a, a couple of people, a handful of people, but God can take the little. He takes the little boy's lunch and multiplies it. Yeah. And so many times I have suffered from the sin of unbelief, and I don't want to do that when I go into a revival meeting. And they're just, you know, a handful of people. You know what? God may want to do more than what this church is even thinking. God may even want to do more than what I'm even thinking. Because he's a box breaker. He can do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And you may have come into this meeting, and I know many of you, this is the first time. And I'm thankful that you're here. And some of you, you've been here many, many times. But maybe this year, God, you've already got your mind, okay, it's going to be like this. Maybe this year God wants to break that box and say, no, I want to do so much more in your life than you're even expecting. But right now you have the sin of unbelief. Oh, let's not suffer from the sin of unbelief. Matthew 13, 58, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He passed on that town that he wanted to do the many mighty works, but they had the sin of unbelief. And all oh, this sin of unbelief, we need to get rid of the sin of unbelief uh, in our midst today. To see that so that God can do what He wants to do in us. What's another another uh, sin that we bring into this meeting? Pride. Yes. Bitterness. Bitterness. What can we be bitter about? What's that? Gas prices. Gas prices. <laughs> yeah, we can be bitter against the government. We can be bitter against the economy. Absolutely. We can be. Bitter against our own wives. It says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. In my mind, I think, well, Lord, I thought it's the wives that are usually bitter, not the husbands. No, he's calling us out as men. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Uh, What's something else we'd be bitter about? Phones. Uh-huh. Um, we've got uh, lust. <coughs> lust pornography. Pastor recently told me, he says that 65% of, he, he read a statistic, Christian men are involved in pornography. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, I think it's higher. Yeah. I think it's a lot higher. Now, you may be in this, 
But God doesn't want you to stay there. There's victory through Christ. You don't have to stay in there. You can walk in obedience to God. But yeah, we bring that in there. We do. What's something else? Complaining. Why'd you say that? <laughs> David Gibbs preached a message here uh, that uh, one night, and, and he was talking about complaining and how that, uh, of course, God's called us to you know give thanks and everything. And what the devil wants us to do is to gripe and complain. And he says, when you gripe and complain, the devil applauds. That's it. That's what I want you to do. And that critical is to be boiled can flow through the bitter spirit. Uh, that complaining just flows through us. And he said, how many of you men, you'll say, uh, you'll say no more complaining. And the invitation says this. He says, how many of you say no more complaining? You're going to go to your wife and you're going to say, I'm done with complaining. I'm done with griping. I'm done with complaining. Now, I, I was down here, but I just gotten up there. And I'm like, oh, man, now I'm up here. And I have to raise my hand because all these other men are raising their hands. And, and uh, so I told my wife that night, all right, no more complaining. And I did well for a while. And then uh, about I don't know, a month or two later, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm back to complaining. And even just last week, my wife and I are talking. I'm like, you know what? I'm complaining. And I was reminded of that uh, message that Brother Gibbs preached here. Uh, so, yeah, complaining. The devil loves it when we complain. And we can complain about a lot of things, can't we? There's many things to complain about. But you know, that's what, the, that's what the devil wants us to do. That's what the world does. God's called us to be salt and light. God's called us to be Christians. We can make a difference in giving thanks in everything. Having a joyful spirit. We can be different. We can show Christ, the character of Christ through not complaining. What's something else we can bring into this meeting? Complacency. What's that? Complacency. Complacency. Absolutely. Complacency. Samuel Chadwick said the crying sin of the church is its laziness after God. The crying sin of evangelist Tim Schmidt is his laziness after God. We're pursuing God here in this meeting. We're seeking Him. But we can become complacent. You can become complacent in the ministries that you're involved in. Yeah. Complacent in your church services. Yeah. yeah, God wants to do a work here Friday and Saturday. But you know, God wants to do a work in your home church yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. And you may come in there, well, it's just another Sunday. Well, what if God wants to be more? In your heart. You can't control everybody else, but you can make a decision for you. Right? Complacency. What's another sin that we, we can bring in here? Yes. Anger or stubbornness. Anger. Yeah, anger. Now, we've been, we don't struggle with anger, do we? <laughs> Oh, many of us do. Yeah, we get angry about a lot of things. We get angry, we get angry, of course, at our wives and our children. We can get angry at God. It boggles my mind why I'd ever be angry at God. When nobody loves me more, no one's more behind me. No one cares more for me than he does. How in the world would I be angry at a God like that? He knows what's best. What's something else we bring into the meeting? Apathy. What's that? Apathy. Apathy, complacency. What's that? Disobedience. Disobedience. I'm thinking about that verse, I was going to use it tonight a little bit, that Samuel, I mean uh, Saul, uh, you know, he offered the sacrifice. But what was God looking for? 
obedience. And I may say that again tonight, but God's looking for us to be obedient in this meeting. Not just, okay, God, I'm going to, I'll give you this, you know, I'll, I'll tithe more, or I'll give more to missions. No, He wants obedience more than sacrifice. What's something else we bring into the meeting? Yes. Walking past an open door. Walking open door. Okay, walking past an open door for the gospel, not lack of witnessing, uh, lack of cure for souls. My hands up. I've been listening to some messages at Missions Conference, and the Lord has been stirring my heart this week about that. And just, yeah, I've, I've gotten apathetic towards that. Uh, lack of care for the lost that are around us. We're here on the West, and many of us are from California. You're not going to witness the wrong person. Right. And you're not going to run out of people to witness to. Right. Right. And a lot of people, and I travel all across the country, a lot of people, they make the joke, let's, you know, California can fall off the ocean. It's the land of fruits, flakes, and nuts. Oh, California is a mission field. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the mission field. Right. And there's people you can reach that I can't reach. And there's people I can reach that you can't reach. Yeah, we're disobedient in that. I'm going to tell on Pastor Rogers here. Uh, he, uh, we had a prayer time. Uh, the first times we started meeting on a Monday night. And uh, the first Monday night we prayed together. We actually talked for 45 minutes and we prayed for 15. I was very bothered by that. And I said, uh, Pastor, we're going, to, we're going to pray differently next time. And I did this method. It's called CPR. Just like CPR revives physically, can revive spiritually. Confess, praise, request. And he, uh, you know, confessed sin. I said, it was just myself, uh, Deacon Roger Whiteside, and Pastor Rogers. And I said, this first round, we're going to confess sin. And so I started off, and I confessed some pride that was in my heart. And then it got to uh, our Deacon Rogers, also our song leader, and he began to confess, God, I'm, I'm being half-hearted. I, I, I'm not giving it my all in the ministries here. God, you're worth more than that. God, I confess my half-heartedness, my complacency. And then got to, <clears throat> to Pastor Rogers, and he said, God, you wanted me to witness to somebody today, but I didn't do it. I didn't have a track on me. But you still wanted me to say something. And I still didn't do it. God, I confess that disobedience to you is sin. By the time we got done with that round of the confession, the evangelist, the deacon, the pastor, we all looked at each other like, all right, none of this is good. <laughs> only God is good. Only he's righteous. The ground for the cross is level. Uh, and that's so true. I mean, we're all in, in all of this. Uh, what's uh, something else we bring into this meeting? Yes. Worry. Worry. Fear. Anxiety. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen with our country? What's going to happen in our lives? What's going to happen with us financially? So many things we can worry about. That's what the devil wants us to do. What does God want us to do? Trust. Have faith. Yes, Cody. Yeah, laziness. Laziness. I could probably be put with uh, complacency. Um, laziness. I'm all right now. I'm right. Let's do a few more. Yes. Ignorance of the word. Yeah. I think of lack of passion for God's word. Ignorance of God's word. I was listening to one preacher just the other day. You know, we have more access to God's Word than probably any other generation. 
And yet we're the most illiterate. Because we're so distracted. We're playing around so much. We, we don't have a passion for God's work. There's no book like this book. I mean, we need to have the whole of Scripture. It, what a privilege. And yet we have that laziness of, of growing in God's word and spending time in his word. What's another something else we bring in here? Yes. Yeah. Dishonesty, lying. Oh, we're Christian men. We don't lie. Really? Yeah, that's a lie. Yeah, lying. Selfishness. Um, yes, John. Trusting my own ways, my own strength. Yeah, leaving our own understanding. Um, you can put that on there. Leaving our own understanding. Uh, that uh, coincides with some pride. We haven't put that on there yet, but. Uh, coincides with pride that we're going to lean our own understanding. We're going to figure this thing out without God. And we live as if we're practical atheists. That we're living our life without God. We're leaning to our own understanding. Every time I've leaned my own understanding, I've always regretted it. Every time I've trusted God, I've never admitted that. And we can see people that may not know Christ or Savior, they're not walking with them. And you see them leaning to their own understanding, you can see the destruction that, that is heading their way. And yet, God wants to open our eyes to our own hearts. We can even, we're going to have a time of prayer in a little bit and say, God, where am I leading to own understanding? Where am I not trusting you? What's something else? Yes. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Yeah. Self-righteousness that, you know, we, uh, we deserve these things. I think of uh, Uzziah. He thought, oh, so I'm the king. I can go into the temple and, uh, and you know, burn this incense, but that he, he didn't have a right for that. Uh, that was for the priests. But he had that self-righteous attitude that since I have this position, that I'm right with God and I can do these things. Your position doesn't mean that you're right with God. Because I'm an evangelist doesn't mean that I'm automatically right with God. And so, uh, yeah, self-righteousness. What's another one? Yes. Distractions. Um, what's another way we can put that? Lack of focus. Yes. Prayerlessness. I was hoping somebody would say that one. Prayerlessness. You got one more, at least. <laughs> I think it. Y'all sinning too much. Not denying ourselves. Denying ourselves. When's the last time you confessed your sin of prayerlessness? All of it, every failure, John R. I said, all failures are prayer failures. When we fail in prayer, we fail everywhere. God's called us to take up our cross daily, to deny ourselves daily. I wish it was just a one-time thing and everything's fixed. So when some of the hardest things about the Christian life is that it's daily. You're walking with God one day and the next day you get tripped up. 
again, the ultimate failure is to give up. A just man follows seven times and rises up again. And so we need to deny ourselves daily. Uh, what's uh, another one? Yes. Profanity. Profanity. Not us Christian men, right? We're, not, we're talking about the world, right? We're talking about our co-workers. We're talking about our, our family members that don't know Christ. And yet, we can have the same thing. We're profane. Taking God's name in vain. Not holding him up high and holy as he is. Cody. Yeah, the blasphemy of God. Yes. Yeah, we do. We want it to have our own time. We don't trust God. We're not trusting Him. And uh, uh, He knows the timing. He knows what's best. It's hard to wait. It's hard to be patient. But uh, it's always best to trust God. Yes. Envy, jealousy. You can be jealous of someone's truck, uh, someone's firearm, someone's uh, uh, fishing gear. You can be jealous uh, of a lot of different things. I, I was reading uh, this book, uh, By My Spirit, by Jonathan Goforth. I just finished it yesterday. And the revivals that took place in China. And, and it really stirred my heart. And they would have meetings where there was open confession of sin. It wasn't something he designed, that Jonathan Goforth, you know, desire, design. It was just God moving in an unusual way that people began to just confess things because their, their fear wasn't others, their fear was God. They wanted to make, get right with God. And I, I just read this. There was a man that confessed openly. He says, he says I need, he was 50 miles away from his home. He says, I need to go back home. He says, because I have uh, been desiring uh, to, to have other women be my wife. I've not been content with the woman that, I have, that God has given to me. I've been looking at other ladies. I, I want those other ladies. I think that's the better way. I haven't been content. He, he, what is he? He's envying that other men have these other wives and uh, being discontent with his own wife. And he confesses that openly to everybody and gets that right with his wife later on. Uh, you know, we can have this envy, this jealousy. What's something else? Yes. Living in past failures. Yeah. Living in past failures. Um, not uh, believing the forgiveness of God. God calls us one, uh, one direction, that's forward. He wants to move us forward. I uh, Think of uh, one of my evangelist friends. He says, admit it, quit it, and forget it. You know, move on. God's moved on. The devil wants to bring all that stuff back to you. He wants to remind you of your past. Now, there's times to, to be reminded of the past, of what God's done for you, uh, his love for you. But, uh, but all those, those things, the devil would love to, to just get a, an inroad in your life by bringing up the past. What's another thing? Yes. Not forgiving. Not forgiving? I think that goes along with the bitterness. Because bitterness is, it goes hand in hand. Ephesians 4 32, be kind, let all bitterness be put away from you. But then Ephesians 4 32, be kind, one to another, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. What has Christ forgiven you for? Everything. And when we go to prayer, all this is going to forgive us. How much we've done against Him, 
uh, will not compare to what people have done against us. And yet he says, it's a powerful statement. He says, you forgive the same way I have forgiven you. Wow. And when we do that, we display the character of Christ. There's a book that we're selling at the book table. It's on forgiveness. I encourage you uh, to buy that book. Uh, it's a great resource uh, to get to get through some of those things. And sometimes that bitterness is deep. It's gone on for years. And it needs spiritual surgery. Or it's that root. It's underneath. It's, it's way good. Maybe you don't even see it right now. But there's some, there's some roots of bitterness that are springing, springing up in your heart. And uh, we need to forgive. Uh, and again, we can have that same bitterness and Towards God, too. Towards fellow man and then towards God. Uh, what's something else? What's that? Idolatry. What can we have as idols? Name something we can have as an idol. Football. Football? Money. What? Money. Money. That can be an idol? Yeah? Yes. Video games can be an idol, absolutely. Family. Family. Work. Work. Cell phone. Yep. One of my pastor friends, he says, I've been calling my besetting sins idols now. So I just want to take my stand against it. But this is an idol in my I want to stand against you. Uh, a few more. Yes. Gossip. Gossip. That's the women's problem, right? <laughs> Let me tell you about those women. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know how much damage is being done in churches because of gossip? You know how much damage is being done in the cause of Christ? How it's grieving him, how it's quenching him because of gossip? Because we're complaining, we're gossiping about things. Our tongue is a world of iniquity, full of deadly poison. It's that fire in California. We know about fires that burn quickly. With something else, we're almost done. Yes. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness, we've gotten that one. Uh, lying to your wife. Lying to your wife. Deceiving her. Yes. Satan is real. Yeah, we don't believe that there is that opposition. The devil has a plan for your life. You have a plan for your life. And God has a plan for your life. The devil's plan, the thief coming out, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10. God's plan, but I am coming that, that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Yeah, the devil has a plan for your life. He's out to get you. You see, there's men that were here maybe last year that aren't here today because they let the they, they, they gave place to the devil, Ephesians 4 27. There are men that, that were here with us, but they were demons. They having love this present world, they forsook us. They forsook God. And you and I, I, I know the devil's got a mark on me. The devil's got a mark on my pastor. The devil's got a mark on your pastor. And I ought to sober us. God causes us to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he made about him. But he's also got a mark on you. <clears throat> but 
but so does God. God wants what's best for you. He wants to give you that life, that life more abundantly. What's something else? What's that? Addiction, abusing the Holy Spirit's temple, that our bodies are the temple of the Lord. Um, we have various addictions. And God wants to break those chains. He wants to break those addictions in your life. Yes. Cars. Cars? Yeah. Yeah, that can be an idol, that can be an addiction. Uh, something else, another, something else we bring at this meeting, yes. Our focus. Yeah, our lack of pursuit for him, to know him. And that's the passion, to know him. That's the goal, it's him. He's the goal of, of, of all of this. I mean, I, in my heart, I mean, God's put a great burden or calling on my life towards revival. I, I'm a revivalist. I have such a, a deep passion for that. But what's revival? You say, well, I want revival so that, uh, so that my life will be better. I want revival so that the offerings will go up. I want revival so there'll be greater attendance in our church. But the goal of revival is God himself. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 85, 6, wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. The goal is God. The goal of this meeting is God. Yeah. we got to get to Him. When we get to Him, we get all the other stuff. That's all fruits of revival. All to pursue Him. Yes, Lack of love towards God and other believers. Yeah, that's the greatest commandment of all. Not loving God, not loving others. Cody. Greedy. Greedy? Yeah. Yeah. Greed. Yes. Excuses. Excuses. Yeah, we have excuses of why we don't live for Christ, why we don't do certain things, why we do certain things. I'm going to tell my pastor again. He preached a message called the runner's limp. And he says, I was watching and you see this race. Here comes this, this runner and he's He's limping as if he hurt his ankle or, or his leg somehow, but it was just an excuse because he wasn't in the top five. And he's very transparent. He says, for many, for much of uh, ministry, many times I've done ministry with the runner's limp. I make excuses why I'm not at this certain level. I'm not at this certain place where God wants me. You and I do the same thing. You see, God may want to use you in your church in a tremendous way, but you're holding back because you have excuses. And those, those excuses may sound wonderfully humble before men, but before God, it is an attitude of defiance, an attitude of pride. So we need to get rid of those excuses. Now, I wasn't planning on flipping the board. I was just going to do the one side of the board. Um, but uh, we're going to take time now to pray. Does anybody feel like praying right now? <laughs> we do, don't we? We said these things. We are not talking about 
the world. We're not talking about the people that we work with. We're not talking about uh, uh, California and Oregon and, and Nevada and Arizona. We're talking about Christian men. And not just Christian men, but the men that are here in this room right now. This is us. Without Christ, apart from Christ. This is us when we lead to our own understanding. And so let's seek the face of God. I'm going to ask uh, Ken if you go to the piano. And uh, if he would play 